Welcome. This is Jamie. And this is Donna. And this is episode number 26, one half year of the Circus 71 podcast for the week of October 6th, 2020. Also, Anthony's fourth birthday. Happy birthday, bud. Coming up on today's show, we finish our Magic Kingdom ratings with a look at Tomorrowland attractions. This is the Circus 71 podcast. Special shout out to new listeners, Nikki and Bree. During construction of the Toy Story Land expansion at Disney's Hollywood Studios, Nikki and Bree played integral roles. Their task was to piece together the giant connects pieces that form the fences throughout the land. According to Nikki and Bree, the fences took 864 different connects pieces, with the most widely used piece being the green connectors. Construction of the Green Army Men's Lookout Tower took the team a total of 248 hours alone. I'm told Andy was extremely pleased with their work in helping to decorate his backyard. Great work, Nikki and Bree. True story, Donna. So, um, Nikki and Bree, they wouldn't be the Bella Twins, would they? We cannot confirm nor deny. Mm. All right. Well, on that note. All right, Donna, several stories this week for housekeeping. Let's start off with one of our favorite topics, food. That was my uh, 12-year-old puberty coming out, I suppose. (laughs) It's just a great start tonight. Um, so the Friars Nook has reopened in Fantasyland at the Magic Kingdom as of the time we're recording this, um, Friday, which would have been October, uh, the 2nd, and also scheduled to reopen on October the 9th at the Magic Kingdom will be the Lunching Pad, uh, quick service location. This was, of course, the home of my favorite dessert, the caramel stuffed pretzel with chocolate dipping sauce that has been gone for for several years but uh lunching pad um was on the mobile order list um uh, going to assume it will reopen um with uh that coming back as well the lunching pad um, a lot of people kind of skip over this because you don't really know what it is it's actually directly under the load platform for the tomorrowland uh transit authority people mover and astro orbiter attractions in tomorrowland so james i know that um you know some people say oh you know it's it's only those like where's casey's why isn't casey's a a bigger restaurant reopening blah 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 but this is important having been at magic kingdom the number of times that we have been there is a need there is a long wait between when you click you know i'm here and your food being available at these other quick service locations because there are a lot of folks wanting um to eat there so these additional locations especially with lunching pad being a place where you can get like an actual meal um mm-hmm. as opposed to just a snack it's it's needed and it's welcome i'm excited to see that this is happening have you speaking of casey's have you been to magic recently uh yeah about a week ago did you stroll over past baby care center near casey's no Make it a point to do that on your next uh, trip there because I've seen pictures. They've actually reopened um, and redesigned that walkway and added seating for Casey. So that may also be a part of the reason that they haven't uh, reopened there. But where like that fountain used to be that they took out, they've expanded that uh, walkway 
um, which has since um, reopened and actually added seating towards um, if you're facing Casey's where the um, picnic tables are now off to the right, almost by that walkway by baby care. Oh, no, we'll be there on Tuesday. So I have to look at that. Yeah, take a look when you get a chance. So I would imagine that's going to be reopening relatively soon. Perfect. So next up, shocking, more social fatty updates. <laughs> uh, adding to the news, I think we talked about last week with Sanaa, or maybe two weeks ago, James? Yeah, well, within the last couple of weeks, for sure. We talked about how Sanaa was going to be offering table service to go, was the phrase that Disney was using. So essentially, it would be you know the ability for guests, and we're still not 100% sure if you have to be guests at the resort, or if you can be um, like a day guest type situation, um, but for guests to go to a traditional table service restaurant, ordering a meal on the app, and take that food with you to go. A slightly limited menu, um, not quite as many offerings as on a traditional uh, table service menu, but menu nonetheless and food from that establishment nonetheless. So adding to that uh, offering will be the Wave at Disney's Contemporary Resort and Kona Cafe, which is over at Disney's Polynesian, excuse me, Polynesian Village now resort. (laughs) Jamie, does that one surprise you at all with the Polynesian Village being closed? I know the, the villas are open, but does that one surprise you? Um, it's actually a really good point that the hotel side of, of Polly Village, which was actually the original name of the resort, right? Um, would be one to, to offer it. I, I almost want to say it might be this might be a test where it's not something necessarily that's going to get super slammed and they're kind of working out the kinks with the system. Um, that might be something that I could see. But, but I'm also kind of hesitant to go with that line of thinking because Sanaa is going to be your only table service option at Jumbo House and uh, Kadani Village. So I would imagine that's going to be pretty popular um, as well. So it's interesting how they're kind of cherry picking um, a lot of these different places. But I did hear um, that um, an AP discount and all those discounts um, for these table service to go are being applied when you do the mobile order. Oh, well, it's about time. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right, what's up next, Jim? Oh, that's me, isn't it? It is, yes, sir. <laughs> um, sad news. Okay? Um, last week, it was announced that Disney Parks um, would be laying off 28 thousand cast members due to the um, COVID-19 pandemic. Um, We've seen numbers um, as far as what departments have been hit. Um, Imagineering lost over 400. I saw Um, Donna's going to talk about a couple of other um, hard hit areas. Um, This statement was uh, made by Disney Parks um, Chairman Josh Damaro. um, And, you know, and certainly when not making light of anything. It's definitely a sad situation. A lot of people impacted and affected. Um, and these were people that were on furlough that um, have since been let go um, by the Walt Disney Company. This is kind of one of those things that it was a story that we all knew was coming. We all knew that Disney had to make those moves. It's, it was just a matter of when and, and how many. Um on the tail end of that story, we can share with you that all 
cast members from the NBA experience have been laid off over at Disney Springs. Now, the NBA experience for um, our listeners who are more familiar with with the Walt Disney World, World Resort and the Disney Springs property replaced the once very popular Disney Quest. By the time Disney Quest closed, not so popular, but that was that space. And that first opened, James, about a year ago, August 2019. So we're talking 14 yeah. months. Yeah. Um, and at this point in time, it it's just going to be closed. It's been closed since mid-March. It was um, thought to be something that would have been very, very popular. Um, cast members there raved about their experience. Uh, but unfortunately... All uh, cast members were uh, laid off and told that they were being separated from the company at this time. So what that means for the future uh, of that experience, that space, I'm not really sure. Yeah, it's really hard to say what's going to happen with that. And and that may be um, shuttered permanently. It may reopen, you know, I don't think it's going to be anytime soon because the entire staff um, from that, uh, uh, God, makes me sick to call that an attraction, but from that place um, have been laid off. You know, there's, there's nobody to work there that's been trained there. So it's definitely not coming back anytime soon, um, I would say, if ever. Um, a couple of the other statistics that have been that have come out in regards to this announcement of that um, 28,000 um, cast members that have been affected, that is 28,000 domestic. So across, um, in, you know, the United States, Disneyland Resort, Walt Disney World Resort in Florida, um, about 67 percent of those uh, cast members were part time. Okay, So not um, full time employees and about. 25% of the 28,000 um, came from Walt Disney World, specifically, according to um, ABC News. Um, so overall, pretty, really sad. Um, and the other bit of news that came out of this, it seemingly confirmed, even though it was really confirmed in July, the minivan service um, will be retired at Walt Disney World. Um, all of those cast members were also included in the mass layoffs um, that was just announced. And that was something, you know, the minivan service that I totally understand why Disney decided to create that service. There are a lot of folks who were calling for Ubers and Lyfts and, you know, opting to not use the the Disney provided transportation, especially, you know, at really popular times, park opening, park close, things like that. But those are the times where they were hardest to find, you know, those those on demand times. And they went from having, you know, a flat rate fee, or excuse me, the reverse, right, Jamie, they went from having a a destination fee to now a bigger flat rate fee, or was it the opposite? Do you remember? It started at a base rate, and then I think like per mile there was some add-on, and then it went to a flat rate. I, that's I that's say, what I and, thought it was too. Yeah, I, I think that's what it was. I, I mean, the did you ever do this? 
So this was one of those things that I always said, like, okay, at some point in time, I want to do it as a travel agent. I want to do it to be able to talk to my clients about it. And when it rolled out, you know, we had had, you know, Anthony and I didn't really love the idea of putting a little kid. And I know like you put him in rides and car and whatever, but I was like, oh, someone else's car seat. Like I know all the minivans have the two car seats they can put in, but I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, and then I was just going to do it. And I was like, well, that's dumb. Cause then that's just doing it to do it, you know, wasting money, blah, blah, blah. And we, we honestly never got around to doing it, but it always like, I loved seeing those cars go by. I loved seeing the fleet parked at Saratoga Springs before they, they took off they were always cool cars and I'd love to know what Chevrolet's going to do with them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll put them up for sale. I could see you strolling down Windermere in a polka dotted car, <laughs> but um, the uh, we did it once. And, and the irony of you saying rolling out is not lost on me because we were rolling out of Cape May cafe. <laughs> uh, and um we we made the decision like like Val and I were kind of vacillating we were with my mom and dad and and, and Aiden and we were, our original plan um we were staying at Pop Century was to um because we were at Epcot that day not that it mattered because power copping was still a thing um we were just going to go to the front of Epcot and and walk in and take um transportation back to Pop because the Skyliner was still being built at this time um and we decided, no, let's just let's just do it and see. Actually, no, I take it back. We were at Art of Animation um, for this trip, but um, it was cool. You know, I we had no issues with Aiden in in the car seat. Um, uh, the one thing I, I think the re- big reason it didn't catch on was it was overpriced. You can get an Uber and a Lyft for seven or eight dollars, and the minivan was twenty five. And I just don't think that the the Disney cast member um, and, and the the Chevy Traverse car warranted that you know three x four x upcharge in value. Um, so it, for us, it was a one time thing. Thought it was cool, um, but I, I think it definitely had better um, advantages in certain areas. Like they could drop you off at the bus depot at Magic Kingdom as opposed to having to go to TTC. So I thought that would have been a better advantage, but um, it was something that, you know, was a cool experience. I think it was a good idea. I think it was just overpriced. And I think that was the main downfall. Yeah, no, I can't. You didn't say anything. I disagree with her for sure. Um, But I will say that one of the wonderful gifts that was given to my kiddo uh, by some friends tonight um, was actually a little toy minivan car. And our friend who gave it to him made the comment, you know, hey, buddy, it's gonna be a collectible someday. (laughs) And it's just such a perfectly timed line and just so funny. And of course, Anthony's, you know, please just punch pushing it around the table at dinner, uh, has no idea why we're telling him it's gonna be a collectible. But it was just a well timed statement for sure put that under glass (laughs) so all right well i think that just about wraps it up for housekeeping let's take a quick break and we will finish up our magic kingdom rankings with tomorrowland all right donna and we are wrapping up our grand circle tour of magic kingdom going through (laughs) you would like that door Uh, I love using random lines from Disney attractions. Um, Grand Circle Tour around Magic Kingdom, ranking all of Magic Kingdom's attractions by land, and we are finishing up in Tomorrowland. 
All right. So just a quick refresher. And I know that you've all been listening to every single episode, so I shouldn't have to give you the parameters, but I will. On a scale of one to 10, we are ranking these attractions. So we've gone through each and every land with Tomorrowland being the last one. One is the worst possible rating, waste of space. 10 is an attraction that you would do over and over and over again, despite the weight. You love it. It is worth doing every single time that you step foot in the park. Agreed? Agreed. All right. So first up is Jamie's absolute favorite attraction in any Walt Disney World. You know what? I won't even say Walt Disney World theme park. I'll say any Disney theme park worldwide, Jim. Right? Oh, I mean, this is like a solid 14. So that would be the Tomorrowland Speedway. And if you've listened to any of our shows, you know that Jamie loathes this attraction and will probably be trying to give it a zero. Continue, Jamie. <sighs> you know, I-, I went for a walk today and I was legitimately thinking... <laughs> about what I would say about this attraction. And I do want to be as fair as possible. Um, I have one good memory of this and it was seeing Aiden drive it. Um, I wasn't, I was sitting at the uh, picnic table or whatever and just watching. Um, So that's a cool memory. Uh, It's not going to do anything to save this attraction for me. I don't like it. I don't like walking by it. Um, We talked about cues. It could be the worst queue in <laughs> Walt Disney World. Um, there's it's switchbacks. There's nothing redeeming about it. The smell is awful. Um, I, I just there is nothing that I like about this attraction. I think it would be better um, if they did switch to electric cars. I, I think that may actually double its score for me. <laughs> uh, from a um, one to two, I'm going to be fair. You know what? I will say this because I, I, I do genuinely would like to try and say something positive. I actually thought what they did last year for um, not the Christmas overlay, but the decorations that they had for the holidays, kind of the futuristic trees um, cutouts that they had and and the um, uh, globes, I guess you could say, Donna. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought that was a cool addition, actually. Um, I mean, it's lipstick on a pig, but still, at least the the effort was there. Um, I think because I gave um, the treehouse, Swiss Family, I think I gave that a one. Does that sound right? Oh, I thought that you were talking out loud. I'm looking, sir. I feel like I'm your slave right now. Moving right along, Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse. I did send you these ratings, sir, so you do have access to them yourself. We both we both gave it a one, yes. Okay. I'm going to give this a two. Well, Just usually slightly wrong. better. <laughs> nope, you're, you're wrong. This is a kid favorite. This is one of those really cool attractions. You only have to be 32 inches to do it. So you don't have to be, you know, 36, 38, 40. Like it's not a big, big kid, you know, must, must be to do it. I remember when Anthony was first tall enough, he was so stinking excited. The cast member gave him a little, um, you know, like in, not an index card, excuse me, like a business card size thing that said it was his license. It was so, so sweet and so cute. Donna, not to interrupt you, the 32 inches just, for everybody listening, is that to ride or to drive? Because I doesn't always matter. get them mixed up. It doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, I'm getting corrected. 
Oh, to ride by yes, okay. So to ride by yourself, you have to be taller. Okay, but to but ride, it doesn't to right. drive with an adult, you have to be thirty-two. I don't think Anthony can reach the pedals right now because uh, I know that Andrew lets Anthony sit in the driver's seat and drive like the steer, but Andrew from the passenger side reaches over and hits the gas. Gotcha. Okay. Continue. Yeah. I apologize. No, it's okay. Uh, so in any case, it's definitely just one of those attractions where, I mean, you know, I don't particularly like the smell either. I let Andrew and Anthony go on it. I stand down. Um, when Andrew texts me, okay, we're almost there. I walk down to that area right as you come out of the load. I wave to them, take a little video, and then I walk away again. It's not my favorite smell or noise or whatever either. But as far as attractions go, it's a really fun one. It's one that kids really look forward to. I agree the queue needs work. The queue is is really terrible um but in general i think it's a great attraction i think it's really fun for little ones i like that you don't have to be super big in order to to do that experience i give it a solid six wow now let me let me ask you this because i brought up this point and i'd like to get your thoughts on it it going electric does that make it better worse or no significant difference in your mind for the rating, no significant difference. For my personal enjoyment of it, it definitely would make it better because I just, I don't love the smell or the noise, but that does not impact for me the rating of what it is and what it offers to the kids. You know, one thing I do like, I mean, I've never actually sat there, but I thought it was kind of a cool feature, how they have the almost like uh, stands like yeah, you like see at, at an actual, you know, Daytona or Indy race. Yeah. Um, so I thought that theming element is kind of cool. Um, but other than that, it, it, it's atrocious in my mind. <laughs> All right. Next up, Space Mountain. I need your rating and whom you like riding it with. <laughs> um, anybody. I, I really like Space Mountain. Um, I It's classic. Classic, classic. Um, I know we don't really like to compare Disneyland and World. Um, Disneyland, I think, was a lot smoother because um, they refurbed the track. I do think, um, I mean, granted, COVID may have thrown a wrench into these plans. I do think at some point Disney was just going to take Space Mountain offline and do a total um, track overhaul. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen at this point, but I... I like space mountain i think the building itself that it's housed in is visually appealing um and i think actually the queue even though it's relatively straightforward um you know you're going down under the railroad tracks and back up and you know there's a lot of switchbacks in the main areas um between the two alpha omega tracks um, there's a lot to look at, you know, they yeah. added the interactive games, which obviously will be turned off, but, <laughs> um, you know, post COVID pre COVID they were on, I mean, I usually fast past it, but it's just a cool walk and area to be in. Um, and the, I think the attraction itself is awesome. I think if I had to plus it, maybe I'd like to see some sort of audio animatronic, Maybe the guys in the in the space area um, refreshed a little bit. Um, so I'm going to give this a solid. I think I should dock a point for it eating my cell phone one time because um, <laughs> that was clearly its fault, <laughs> right? Well, their their uh, their cargo storage area 
you know, <laughs> it loses a point. But no, um, I- I'm going to say solid nine. I it's love funny. space. It's funny you said nine. That's the number I had in my head all along. I can't go 10. I can't give it my, my Slash Mountain number when I'm comparing apples to apples. Uh, but I love this attraction. I think it's so much stinking fun. Um, I was very disappointed that you didn't mention the Donna Cackle that occurs on Space Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> I, for- I forgot about the Donna. Donna it may be the best person to ride space with because... You know, you always know she's there. You know, <laughs> if there's ever a hint of doubt that, you know, she's in seat four and five and, you know, the, the train came off the tracks, there's no worries. <laughs> Donna, you hear her from space and it's just, um, it's fun. And you know what? I also really like the spot that they have the on-ride photo. Yes. Um, I, I've taken a lot of really cool photos from from that area i think it's in a great spot it's not some random spot in the attraction where you're going down a a hill um you know it's there but it works where it is i agree i think actually my favorite one was when andrew i think it was andrew our friend laura and i and we were we purposefully because we knew which side the camera would be on turned the other way and we're waving so the pictures of our backs of us waving I love the the dumb tourist photo. That's always a classic. Uh, but no, it's just a really fun attraction. And um, I guess my husband was the first person to tease me for the Donna cackle. And it's gotten to the point that I will try my darndest to not make a sound. And Andrew or you or whoever's on it with me go, <laughs> and eventually forced it out of me. So I do enjoy it. It's it legitimately, even talking about it, I have a giant smile on my face. It legitimately makes me smile and laugh. I don't care how many times I've been on it. I don't care that it's essentially a wild mouse in the dark. It is so much stinking fun. Uh, fun fact, James, I think you know this. In a youth education series program I did years and years and years ago, I got to ride Space Mountain with the lights on. Oh, I'd love to do that. So it was really, really neat. And it was it was interesting because that youth education series program was for the kids and, you know, understanding, okay, let's make a prediction based on going on this ride in the dark. What is our prediction for the, the longest drop in the attraction? What is our prediction for the, how long it was and all this other stuff? And then they pranked the lights on. The kids did it with the lights on. Okay, how did that extra information change your prediction? And it was, it was really fun, really, really cool. And definitely one of those experiences that I will never forget riding with the lights on. Yeah, it's always like uh, every Disney fan's dream to see that with it. Because it's funny because Space Mountain, like if you just took that actual ride track and structure and placed it, you know, in a carnival, it's not the best roller coaster in the world. But the theming and and the lights off and I didn't get to do it for Halloween when they turned literally everything off Mm -hmm. and it's pitch black. Um, But that makes that um, attraction so much better. Um, and what I wanted to ask you what, um, quickly your thoughts were on the, uh, Q experience. So definitely one of those things where we fast passed it. Uh, but in general, I think that they did the best job they could for an attraction that they know cues long lines. I think that they tried to add those interactive pieces. And I don't think that it's something that, you know, we're totally going to write off and say, oh, well, they can't do that anymore. I think they're going to probably just do something that's going to incorporate either that play Disney app that they have or something with your smartphones in order to still have something interactive as you go through, but that's not all touching the same buttons. Right. No, 
I think that's fair. Um, let's go ahead and move on. Oh, another classic. <laughs> the Astro Orbiter. I like that you, you stressed the first two letters of that word. Yeah, classic. Go ahead, Donna. So Astro Orbiter is another, it's a spinner. So do you know Jamie's going to rip it? And you know, I'm going to say that Anthony thinks it's fun. Um, as far as the spinners go, this one's definitely the one that, I don't know if it's a velocity issue, if, if it's a... Um, uh centrifugal force or what it is but this puppy when you are coming down for a landing you feel it you feel the force against your body much more so than any of the other spinners so jame i know they're not your favorite but this one's a very different experience and a much more intense experience than the others uh so for that i will say this is not one although there is no height requirement this is not one that i would necessarily bring a little little with me on um it has you know one shared seatbelt, which is fine technically the rockets can sit two adults we did it once on our honeymoon we'll never do that again <laughs> uh but f- overall fun the view is really neat from up there uh but this one is is just a spinner to me at least it doesn't really take up space from anything else simply because it's above and um you know the the elevator now it only fits one one family at a time so that process is quite a bit slower um the queue and while the queue is nothing special, at least you have a lot to look at because you're literally in the middle of, of Tomorrowland there. I'll give it a four, but that's about it. Um, I think that's fair. I think a lot of what I criticize Magic Carpets of Aladdin for, um, I would also criticize Astro Orbiter, but I do think uh, if I was forced to pick which one I think is better, I would probably say Astro Orbiter. Um I think it being elevated is is a cool concept. You can see views that you wouldn't see from a Magic Carpets of Aladdin or even Dumbo for that matter. Um, so I think that's an advantage it has. Um, you know, the spaceship itself, you know, the, the rocket that you're in, that's kind of a cool element. It's a really cool... Donna makes fun of me, but it's a cool kineticism for the middle of Tomorrowland. Mm-hmm. You know, you see that when you're walking in. Um, so I, I think that adds thematically overall to Tomorrowland. Um, the things I don't like about it, Donna, you mentioned the queue. It, it's your standard railing switchbacks that you have to take an elevator to get to. I don't even know if I've ever done this, but it's it for me seems like it takes so long. And I always see, you know, there's 25 people in line and it's a 60 minute wait. <laughs> That's outrageous. I, I mean, the the ride capacity of this attraction has to be 700 people an hour. That to be something terrible. <laughs> um so I, I'm going to agree with you with a four. It, it like at least <laughs> I think you made a really good point that at least it doesn't take up, you know, space and create a choke point like um, Magic Carpets of Aladdin. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's neat for what it is, but it's definitely not, um, you know, not my my most favorite thing for sure. So following that will be the Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover, which has not reopened since COVID-19 because of a motors-related issue. Uh, But this is an attraction that I love. I love it for what it is, which is a place when it's hot to go cool off and sit down and go in and out of buildings and speed around uh, in the open air. It's a place to go when you're tired and your feet hurt. (laughs) You just want to sit down, 
while still doing something cool. It's a place to go when you're not really sure what you want to do next. So, hey, let's go sit down and talk about it and figure out what we want to do next. And bonus points is a place you can go to feed your kid if they're really little and you're nursing. (laughs) There you go. Um, I mean, a negative for it would certainly be the queue. But, I, I mean, usually it's not a significant weight. Um. You know, the, the one thing that's weird is it does, um, the refurb for this does keep seemingly getting extended. I think it's into November at this point. Yep. Um, at least another month or so. Um, I love it. I think it's phenomenal. It, it's, you know, you had mentioned for what it is, it's a great attraction. I think it's just a great attraction, period. I think it's almost started to get that, it had a cult following <laughs> and then it almost became cliche to like the people mover. Um, but I mean, this was awesome before, you know, it, it became cliche. It's just, you know, going through the different scenes, you're going through all of Tomorrowland, you know, you can whip around some corners too. Like this is not, um, you know, this is an attraction that is for everybody, but you, there is some thrilling elements to it. Um, this is your, you can be seven, you can be <laughs> 70. Um, everybody in the, in the family can enjoy it. Um, and you know what? It's a, not a overly short attraction. No. either. No, it definitely has some length to it. You get to go inside a space mountain, um, and see what that's like. I, I mean, I just love this attraction. Um, it, it's, it's one of my must do's like i I can't go into magic kingdom you know it's not like "Eh, i don't feel like doing the people mover today it's always on a hey we have to do this um it's missed right now i'll tell you that for us you know as a family uh, it's it's definitely missed anthony keeps asking and pointing to it because the cars are just sitting there he keeps asking you know let's go on that thing let's go on that thing why is it stopped um so you know he misses it too and i'm looking forward to it reopening for sure no, I totally agree. So what's your, did you give a score? I did her? not. So the reason I didn't is because I wanted to, while you were talking through yours, I had wanted to go through and look at my previous numbers. And I think for me, this is, this is as great as Pirates, something that I, I really enjoy doing. So I'm going to give it a seven. I'm going to go a touch higher. I'm going to go eight. All right. I, I just, I, I, love this attraction i think it's awesome this is one of those attractions that makes disney disney for me well if this makes disney disney for you the next one's going to make disney disney for me and that would be carousel of progress (laughs) so this one Walt disney's carousel you got it so this one for me is almost like the discussion that we were having about um hall of the presidents that at first you're like i don't know if i can give this a high rating because not something i do very often i really have to make it a point to go do it and blah 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 blah. but this was designed there's a reason it's called walt disney's carousel of progress this was designed by mr disney himself for the the world's fair um when we first visited disneyland many many years ago and we walked over to the building that we knew to be the carousel building and saw that was interventions i was baffled i couldn't believe that they had taken out something that walt himself had designed it just seemed so sacrilegious <laughs> to do that yeah um so it's definitely something that i don't want to see um 
gut it and really changed. Now that's not to say they that I don't think it could stand to have some updates, especially to that last scene that's supposed to be talking about like the futuristic stuff that's, you know, 20 years in the past at this point. Um, so I definitely think it could stand for some updates, but I would I would be very sad to see it completely changed and gutted and, you know, scenes that were designed by Mr. Jitsi himself removed. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, I mean, anything that the anything with animatronics, I, I think, is is um, a plus for sure. Um, I, I do. A lot of people do criticize, especially that last scene, saying it needs updating. I, I'm, I understand that argument, but I'm also on the side of Tomorrowland itself is they when they changed it to the retro future it was the 50s version of the future so does it really need to constantly evolve and be updated eh, you could make a case i think either That's way fair. it'll be really interesting it'll be really interesting to see how it fits in with, with the aesthetic when tron opens as they kind of tronify um tomorrowland which i think is supposed to be set like somewhere in like the 80s maybe um I don't, I don't know how far i never actually watched tron um but as far as the retro future it still makes sense it's still there um and and you know i, I think it could also be almost a conversation starter between you know mom or dad and you know little kid oh wait a minute we have what are laser discs and <laughs> You know, oh, high-def TVs. We had them, you know, 20, 10, 10 or 20 years ago. And, well, in the 50s, this is what we were looking for as far as the future goes. Um, and this is where, when Walt created it, as he said, this is what the attraction um, was. So um, I think it's great. The Sherman Brothers' Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow is a classic Disney song um, and, and tune. Um, so I... All right, so small technical glitch. I um, that button, Jane. <laughs> exactly. So we are back um, with our ratings. Uh, Carousel Progress is where we left off. I was going to give my rating. Um, and I think this goes into the category for me of devastated if it goes away. Um, so for me, I'm going to give it a seven. All right, fair enough. So I am looking through our ratings. And for Hall of the Presidents, I gave a seven, you gave a six. So I will go ahead and keep that at a seven as well. So sevens across the board. Okay. And I like that because I'm shooting more from the hip, but at least I'm consistent. Evidently I would pick <laughs> carousel progress over hall of precedence. All right. Fair enough. So. Moving right along to buzz Lightyear space ranger spin. This is one that is one of Anthony's favorites. Uh, it was so funny to like, you know, think you know with him turning four in a couple of days i kind of like you know reminiscing on different things looking at pictures and to see the evolution of anthony's experience on buzz lightyear <laughs> first he would sit on our lap and you would just see like little kid like looking around at the lights and things like that and then it got to the point that you know he started to get interested and in, like okay i'm going to touch the joystick to turn and then it was okay i'm going to sit between you guys and i'm going to do the turning to now he like shoves andrew out of the rocket so it's just him and me or if he goes with one of my parents him and one of my parents because he wants to sit at one of the guns even though he does nothing with it <laughs> nice so it's just fun the evolution of him and if you try to take the joystick out of his hands he loses his mind so even if you're locked into the target you want let me turn it the other direction uh so it's definitely a a 
crowd pleaser. I love how you talk about, you know, being something for when you're seven or 70. I think this is something that, you know, we all enjoy and we all enjoy well. Uh, the more times you ride it, the more times you know what targets to aim for. You know, you know, we personally have the Galactic Hero competition going on. <laughs> So that's always a thing. I know pre-Anthony, uh, we would send you pictures of Andrew and I like, double galactic hero. <laughs> <laughs> so we always enjoyed it. When you compare it across parks to something like um, uh, Toy Story Midway Mania, it's hard to make that comparison because that's Buzz Lightyear on steroids, but they're different experiences, different fun. I love this. I'm going an eight. It's a great attraction. Um, this is also one of those weird must-dos. And in, in the Fast Pass Plus era, you could, even if there was like a 45-minute line, you could always get a Fast Pass Plus for like, for right now. Yes. Um, I love doing that. Um, one annoying, I we do talk about queues a little bit, um, or we have, I, I should say. I, I feel like this queue gets a knock just for how loud it is. Like that mm. annoying alarm that is constantly going off. Um, I, I think the the Buzz AA figure is actually pretty cool, especially for when it debuted. Um, you know, it was really, I think the correct. You think of anything else immediately, Donna? But I want to say that was really the first rear projected face um, on I would a agree with AA that. figure. I don't. I can't think of any others offhand. Um, so to see that technology, and I mean, this attraction has been around, I want to say it debuted in like 98. I mean, it's been around for a really long time. Um, and that area and that track has been reused for several different attractions. But um, it's great. It's a lot of fun. Being a galactic hero is awesome. <laughs> I, I always find it funny that they've never really changed any of the point values so if you know <laughs> I agree. if you know like the cheat codes if you will like we're going back to you know playstation 2 um you know if you know xyz or whatever that's what it was if you hit the um you know like the robot's hand left hand it's 25k and all these different things um but you know it's always it's just fun you know, whether you're a galactic hero or whatever the first thing a space is. Space ace. A space <laughs> ace, space cadet, whatever it is. Um, you are a space it's, cadet. It's fun. I, I will never forget, as long as I live, the first time we did this with um, uh, my mom and dad and, and my sister on a trip. Um, we got off the ride and we would say, you know, oh, what was your score? What was your score? Oh, you know, whatever, 60,000 or 35, whatever we had. And we turned to my mom, what'd you get? What do you mean? She was just looking at the scenery, had no idea you were supposed oh, to shoot stuff. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. So she was like, yeah, but she never really got the, and Val can struggle with it sometimes too, like actually picking up the red. Um, laser. I think that would be a small change. Like, I think a huge change would be like the guns that they have out in Disneyland that are sure. actually movable. Um, but I think a small change, if they would just change the color of the laser, I think that would improve that attraction immensely. Um, you know, for people that you could just see which laser is actually yours. Because I can pick up on that, but I know um, a lot of people that, that struggle with that and can actually frustrate them a little bit that's fair uh ratings what would you go with uh, you said seven i gave eight 
You gave an eight. I'm going to go. I'm going to say seven. I, I like this attraction a lot. Um, but hard to pierce it into that like next, next level for me. All right. Fair enough. And the last attraction, not only in Tomorrowland, but in all of Magic Kingdom for our ratings, Monsters Incorporated Laugh Floor. I love this. I think it's adorable. It's one of the, the better shows out there. I love that it's a little different every time, even if it's the same gag that you've heard as far as like the, the boo -bitty -boo -bitty -boo -bitty -boo -boo, like beaming information to them, which they maybe do more than once. <laughs> I think that should be our that should be our transition from segments from now on. Just the, <laughs> exactly <laughs> with my fingers up on my head. Don't forget about that yeah. for the antenna. Alien talk, but go ahead. So, regardless of how many times you've seen it, even if it's the gags that you've you've heard before, it's different because the person that they've involved in the audience is different. It is just a whole lot of fun. The very best one was the one that we did overnight uh, at the first twenty four hour event. I don't believe it was the one you guys were at with us, shame. I think it was the year before that um you know the the monsters were in rare form it was like 2 30 in the morning and one of the monsters says to someone in the audience hey where are you from and the kid goes oh i'm from new jersey and the monster goes hey hey kid you know why they call new jersey the garden state and the kid just kind of looks around and goes no and mind you it's like 2 30 in the morning and this is a kid and the monster goes because you're always guarding your car guarding your keys <laughs> guarding your house and the whole audience starts roaring laughing like something that just comes off so undizzy but it was hilarious and it was so perfect for that time and the majority of that audience i love that show it's great um i actually got on the big screen once um, I, I think the first kind of pre-show area is kind of cool stuff to look at. You have the interactive elements where you can text in a joke. Um, the the pre-show itself always feels a little long for me. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of most people are just staring at their phones at that anymore. Um, and I, I mean, I don't think. I mean, it's been a little while since I've been there, but I don't think they actually updated that pre-show since monsters university because they still mention that oh yeah good point um so i mean not that that's something that really needs a ton of updating but i think it just dates the attraction a little bit when they talk about monsters university um so that seems to get a little long in the tooth sometimes but the actual show um i mean you're staring at this giant screen you have the interactive elements um I'm always amazed, and this is just a little detail that may come off dumb to a lot of people, like the canister that fills up and, and shoots out the um, uh, fog at the end when you fill the canister. Spoiler alert, you always fill up the canister. Um, <laughs> I'm but... watching. Always <laughs> watching. The, that, that, like, that canister prop is, is just cool to look at and see. Um, I think Roz is hilarious. I mean, I the always watching, as you just said, Don, is just a funny line. Um, so I really enjoy the whole show. Um, I think it's great. Um, my overall number, uh, I'm going to go with a seven. I highly, highly like this attraction. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I definitely don't think it's it's eight quite yet um but yeah i think it's a seven this is one when it's open we love to do uh now that anthony's a little older and he's starting to pick up more stuff pick up on more stuff and laugh at more things especially people around her are laughing he would be cackling laughing he would really have a good time with this so i definitely look forward to it reopening soon yeah i, I think it's great um 
And this is another one I think similar to Buzz Lightyear that you can always pick up like a you know next show type fast pass in the uh, the fast pass plus era. So I definitely um, enjoy it. So I'm guessing as Don is totaling up our numbers, I think Tomorrowland may have uh, one. Except for you trying two scores. What as oh well that's but the other one scored very highly. So I still sure. think Tomorrowland may, um, <laughs> unless we pull Liberty Square again. <laughs> um, but I could see Tomorrowland scoring number one or number two overall with all the lands. All right. So our total score, Jamie, when all is said and done for Tomorrowland is 6.57. Okay. Can you just run through all of them, Donna? Lowest to highest or highest to lowest? How do you want them? Lowest to highest, please. All right. No pressure here. Just, you know, numbers. <laughs> what I've clearly proven to be excellent at in the course <laughs> of our podcast. All right. So our lowest rated land is Adventureland at 4.4. 4.4 for Adventureland. We could thank uh, Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse and the Magic Carpets of Aladdin for that. True. From there, at 4.875, Storybrooke Circus. Okay. From there, coming in at a 5.373, Old Fantasyland. Okay. From there, at a 5.9, Main Street, Mm -hmm. USA. Moving up, we go to New Fantasyland at a 6.125, followed by Frontierland, 6.5, Tomorrowland, 6.57, and the winner... (laughs) <laughs> the very 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 unlikely winner if you would have asked me is liberty square at a 6.83 okay so three tenths of a point higher i mean that really just went on the backs of haunted back of haunted mansion and evidently we were very happy with hall of presidents <laughs> We were. We were feeling very patriotic that evening. Yeah. Although Liberty Square Riverboat's not not terrible. But we gave it fives. I, yeah. I, I mean, when it has that kind of score compared to some of the other ones that... Because there's really no tanking attraction in Liberty Square. It's because there's or, only three of them. Right. And one yeah. ranks just so, so high. And then we did, you know, decent ratings for Hall of Presidents and average to low for Liberty Square. But again, not twos and threes. Yeah, if I had to, if we had done this where we picked ahead of time, pick two lands that you think would be one and two, I would probably think it would have been Frontierland and Tomorrowland. Which isn't bad because they ended up being two and three. Two and three? Well, would would they have been your one, two, or? Likely. Likely. Yeah. No, it's overall. Well, definitely think this was fun diving into uh you know all the attractions of magic kingdom and i I think this is something we should definitely look at um as far as the uh future goes for maybe uh, one of the other parks 
Yeah, it's neat in our 26th episode, halfway through the year. Somehow you've been listening to us for that long and we've been listening to each other for many, many years longer than this year milestone. Uh, It's pretty cool to wrap up um, the original park and, you know, get to have this conversation and take a look at some of these attractions new and old. This was fun for sure. Yeah, ironically enough, we wrapped it up um, just days after Magic Kingdom turned 49. Crazy. So, all right, well, with that, let's take a quick break and we will be right back. Hi, everybody. Donna and I are both authorized Disney vacation planners. When planning your next Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, or Adventures by Disney Vacation, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. We have a wealth of experience and knowledge to help plan your next magical vacation. Best of all, our services are at no cost to you. Please reach out to us at Donna, D-O-N-N-A, at Pixie, P-I-X-I-E, vacations.com, or Jamie, J-A-M-I-E, at pixievacations.com. We would be happy to help plan your next magical vacation. Jamie thought it would be really fun to uh, surprise me with some trivia questions here this evening. So he just spent the last five minutes off podcast convincing me, oh, Donna, don't worry. It'll be fine. You know, I know that you've, you've got all this other stuff going on on Fancy's birthday, but don't worry. I'll give you five po- re- really easy, you know, grapefruit questions. So go ahead, Jane. Question number one. Okay, number one. This, I think, is the most difficult. Oh, really? yeah, appreciate it. Released in 1941, what is the only Disney animated feature film with a title character that never speaks? Dumbo, right? Glad you gave our listeners a chance to answer. Oh, my (laughs) bad. Sorry. (laughs) That is correct. Very good. Dumbo. Number two. What was Walt Disney's original name for Mickey Mouse before his wife convinced him to change it? How long would you like me to wait before giving the correct answer? I was counting in my head. I knew I smelled something burning. Okay, Donna, answer. Mortimer Mouse. That is correct. Number three. What was Walt Disney's middle name? Donna? Elias. That is correct. W-E-D. Number four. In Disney's 1959 animated film Sleeping Beauty, who is Princess Aurora betrothed to? Time. What do you got, Donna? So... Funny story, I actually have seen this movie more recently than tons of other animated movies, and I am totally drawing a blank. Andrew and I um, were, as I think you know, Jane, we did the paid version of um, D23. Did you know that for a year? Yes. Okay. So we did the paid, the, the, anyone can join the, the free version, but we did the gold membership, the paid membership for a year. So we wanted, you know, it was a nice promotion. We wanted to get like those really nice quarterly publications that they did and have an opportunity to do different events. So one of the events that we did and we had to pay a pretty penny for, so it wasn't like it was included with membership. You had to be a member in order to do it was a screening of 
Sleeping Beauty. And before the screening, they had folks come from the Disney archives in California and present on different pieces of that. And it was for Valentine's Day weekend. So Sleeping Beauty, romantic movie, blah, blah, blah. blah. So Andrew and I went, and it's really paying me off that all I can think of when I think of Aurora is Prince Philip. But when you said, who was she betrothed to? It makes me think that she was set up with someone as an infant, and I do not remember. It was Prince Philip. Are you joking? <laughs> yes. I've like been no. tormenting myself. No, Prince Philip. So she was betrothed to him all along, or you just used the word betrothed to screw me? Well, I mean, I would never do that, but Princess Aurora betrothed to Prince Philip. Very good. Betrothed right. indicates like at birth, you were told you're going to marry this person. Not you get engaged to someone that you fall in love with, you turd. Um, okay, evidently we need to look up, uh, evidently we need to learn how to spell betrothed, too. And by we, you mean you. The person to whom one is engaged. Read on for connotation in that definition there, sir. Uh, that's all there is. How long oh. have you known your betrothed? Alright, whatever. Ask any normal person that question and they would think the same thing as me. Continue. Alright, last question. In the movie The Lion King, what is Simba's mother's name? And time. What do you have? This was not said many times. Uh-uh. I know it was said, and as soon as you say it, I'm going to be pissed that I don't remember. Um, but of course, you think Simba and Nala, his girlfriend, future wife. Was it an S name as well? My brain hurts. I got nothing. It was. Go ahead. Sarabi. Yep. It sure was. That was one of those, those things that if you would have given me 10 minutes, I wouldn't have come up with it. But I knew I remembered enough of the name that I thought it was an S. Yep. Yeah, it was uh, shouted by Scar um, after the uh, all the food was gone. <clears throat> I don't think Mufasa actually said um, the name. Interesting. Yeah. It's 80% not passing score. Yeah, not bad. I would have gotten a hundred, but what can you do? Uh, of course you will, because you're perfect. <laughs> so, anyways, with that, Donna, would you like to uh, do our outro for today? All right. So, hopefully you all enjoyed our uh, little bit of fun with our ratings of the different uh, lands in the Magic Kingdom. And might have been as surprised as we were with Liberty Square taking the number one position when, all, when all was said and done. Uh, in any case, if you'd like to give us any feedback, if you'd like to have an idea shared or even be in another show, please feel free to send us a message to the Circus 71 podcast Facebook page. Or you can even click in the Anchor app and send a voice message there as well. Just be ready for Jamie to do something horrific to it and put it in the show and claim that it's what you sent anyway. <laughs> Next week, we are going to do a round of thumbs up and thumbs down where I get to torture Jamie for once. So that'll be awesome. I hope uh, that you all enjoy this episode. Happy, happy, happy birthday to my sweet little man turning four. Uh, I hope you have a great week and we'll see you real soon. <laughs>